welcome to the Before I Knew You podcast. We are McKenna and Ty. And thank you for joining us. This is a podcast about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, life, and family. So what do you say, Ty? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Before I Knew You podcast. I have another interview to do today with my friend named Alex. Alex, how are you? (laughs) Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. So I've known Alex for approximately four years. Um, I worked Mm -hmm. with her husband at Sportsman's Warehouse. And um, that's kind of how we met. And then um, when we started this podcast, uh, Alex told me that she has a story to share. And Mm -hmm. that is the truth. So... Um, just to start, Alex, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Oh man, what do you want to know? What do you do? What do you enjoy? How many dogs do you have? <laughs> um, well, right now I work at a bank here in Gillette. I worked here, worked there for a couple months now. Before I worked at an OBGYN, which is also how I know you. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I worked there for a little while, um, and then I've always kind of been in banking, so I went back, and I love it. Um, I have two dogs. There are babies. Um, one's pure German Shepherd. His name is Gunner, and he er our pure German Shepherd is Nala. She's our girl. She's about a year and a half, and then our boy is German Shepherd mixed with crazy Belgian Malinois. So, oh. yeah. So he's um. He's calmed down a lot since we got her. Um, other than that, I mean, we just love hunting and outdoors. My hubby, he uh, he snowmobiles, so he's loving the cold weather right oh, now. I know. Weird. He's keeping up on all the snow oh, <laughs> everywhere. It needs to go away. <laughs> yes, I'm not ready for and it. It hasn't even started yet. No, it's just so cold. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, we're just outdoorsy people all the time. Um, how long have you and Cody been married? Uh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Newly. Those Newly. are some beautiful <laughs> wedding pictures, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. That was tower in the background. Dang. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, we, our whole wedding night took pictures all night. Everybody just wanted that backdrop, so. I am sure. We, we kind of hid for a little while because we got overwhelmed with yeah are our names being called i thought i love my name being called but i don't <laughs> turns out i'm changing my name um but yeah it was the perfect day the perfect yes. man just everything perfect well there you go Okay, so, Alex, you have been diagnosed with PCOS mm-hmm. and endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I did a little bit of quick research. So, if my research is wrong, I'm sorry. It's Google's no. fault. But <laughs> um, Google's always right, don't you know? <laughs> so, PCOS affects between 6 and 12% of Americans, mm-hmm. which is approximately 5 million women. Mm-hmm. But that um, turns out to be more than 200,000 cases in the U.S. every year. Yeah. I feel like it's more. I feel like it's come out a, lo- a lot more women have been diagnosed. Okay. I don't know. It's just 
working at an OBGYN. Yeah, you hear about it, it was a lot. it was nuts to me how yeah. common it is, but just so different it is in each woman. Okay. Is the thing. Um and then the endometriosis affects approximately 11% of Americans, mm-hmm. which is 6.5 um 6.5 million people, which also comes out to more than 200,000 annual US cases. Mm-hmm. But only about 5% of women experience both PCOS and endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And I got I got told I had endometriosis before PCOS. Okay. I've known that. I knew that probably about 3 years before. And that one was more Oh, it was more of something like uh, put on the back burner, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what you have with some issues, but you need surgery in the future. Yeah. We just haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> okay. So you um, were told that you have a 1% chance of getting pregnant mm-hmm. and staying pregnant. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us? Yeah. So it was, um, it, so what had like, we how we found out is I was on the pill for a while and then I always forgot to take it so I decided to get the IUD and TMI that was the worst experience of my entire <laughs> life <laughs> sandpaper it felt like sandpaper it was terrible sorry Ty Dang. <laughs> it was awful that was the worst thing in my entire life getting that Um, and then I had it for a couple months and I was just having just such bad issues and it wasn't even more side effects. I think my body was trying to reject it and I would be at work and I would get like this pushing since like I would have to push, like I would sit there and push (laughs) like I was having a child and I've never had a child (laughs) and my mom finally was like, you need to call or I'm going to call like this is not normal. And so I called and. They did ultrasounds and um, the first ultrasound, you can just tell by their faces that something's weird. Yeah, we know. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, yes. And um, so they're like, well, we should probably get it taken out because I, you know, I think it is trying to reject. And so I got taken out. Also the worst experience of my life. And then it was about a month later and I went back in to kind of follow up after And I was still having those like pushing sensations and just cramping like horrible. It it was just terrible. And then so they did more ultrasounds, blood work. And when I was in the ultrasound tech room, she had asked me if I had ever heard of PCOS. And I knew a couple people like on Facebook, some friends who had talked about it, but it was never I never really looked into it. And I was like, "Mm, kind of not really. And she's like, okay, well. You know, this is something that I want you to think about. I was like, okay. So after the ultrasound, went back out in the lobby and was waiting. And I was looking it up on Google. Google always tells you you're going to die. It's so true. I was sitting out there for like, t- it felt like ever. And I was by myself. My mom couldn't come with me. And so I was texting my mom like, this is what, you know, she said. So my mom's Googling it. My mom's freaking out. And then we get back into the room and... Um, you know, just them walking in, like, just not just yeah. normal. Like, yeah. knowing those right. women there, it's like, what is wrong? And I had my mom on speakerphone 
she wanted to know what's going on and she said so yeah this is what it is and I was like okay like she you know talked about it what it is my mom's on the other line just sitting there quiet and then she's like and then your blood work had to come back too and there's the first thing my mom asked is if she is she going to be able to have a baby and she said do you want the on it do you want me to just be blunt because everybody knows I'm blunt so just just give it to me just punch me right in the face (laughs) (laughs) and um she said it's you have a one percent chance of getting pregnant and a one percent chance of carrying full term without issues so it was just dead silent I could hear my mom like on this other line you could just she just kept like swallowing like I could hear her and I was like okay and I didn't really have emotion because I knew something was wrong anyways and so I was like all right mom I'm gonna let you go (laughs) like she's like okay and she's like oh can I talk to her so I took her off speakerphone my mom talked to her and then my mom left and then she's like well you know do you have any questions and I was like no I think I was just like wonderful this is great and at this point yeah we were me and Cody were already engaged so it was kind of just sitting in my head I wasn't even thinking about me I was thinking about him yeah and I was thinking about my mom and my mom was just across town but it felt like she was you know thousands of miles away and so she left the room and was like, you can just leave whenever you want. And it didn't hit me until I got my car. Mm. And when I got in my car, I bawled. <laughs> but then I had to go back to work. So it was yeah, bawling on the way to work. And so I let, you know, Cody asked how the appointment went. And I was like, well, we'll talk about it when <laughs> I get home. <laughs> and so, like, I get to work. And I remember there was... Um, one of my coworkers at the time was there and she had asked how everything went. And so I thought I felt comfortable enough telling her what had happened. And she had told me, oh, my, like my cousin or somebody has it. And she's had four kids. And that yeah. is like the, so far, one of my worst pet peeves when people yeah. find out is, oh, my friend has it and they have like eight kids. Uh, good for your friend. <laughs> That is it's like not me. It, it doesn't help literally me makes my blood boil. Like yeah. that's not what I want to hear. That's like telling somebody that like say like somebody died and they're like, oh well, at least it wasn't this person. Yeah, like, right. It's just something. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. So that was, and it was like a week before I was gonna start at the OBGYN. So everybody kind of started to know me, mm. and so I I was scared to start because it was just the. F- I just started thinking of dealing with that all the time. And honestly, the first couple months of working at an OBGYN after getting told you can't have babies. I'm sure that's was It was tough. It was. I I really felt for the women who were trying and couldn't. I think it was one of those where I just felt so connected to them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we would experience the miscarriages in office with them and I would ball for these people. I couldn't handle it. Like it wasn't even mine and I felt so sad. And then there'd be the people who would, you know, get come in for their first ultrasounds and, 
you get to experience it with him, which was really, that was mm-hmm. also amazing too. I just felt so humble about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's one of those. Um, <laughs> we have talked in uh, previous episodes just about how, um, like, how sometimes people approach infertility and mm-hmm. how they approach um, communicating with people who are struggling with getting pregnant or mm-hmm. having miscarriages, all that. And sometimes it seems like like they have good intentions they do and i think a lot of people they don't realize like they hear infertility and they think no babies right they don't they don't really know the, like the back end of it like the the other issues the weight gain the hair loss yeah. i mean literally i w- was almost bald from this mm. because my hair i felt like a cancer patient like my hair would come out in chunks Jeez. and just the hormonal imbalance all the time and the ups and downs and the irregular periods and or overflow of periods Mm -hmm. or you know hair growing on places that it shouldn't grow and Mm -hmm. just things like that and it's it's been a roller coaster it's gotten better once I realized you know what I can do for my body trying to help it it's gotten better but you know, sometimes not really. Mm-hmm. I've had really close friends who have gotten pregnant and it's one of those where I'm so excited but so sad at the same time. Yeah. And not really mad at them. It's just the fact that mad at your circumstances. I just want I want yep. one so bad and yep. we get told we can't, so Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I uh have had conversations with my mom and even with Ty just about how um like I'm not angry at God and I'm not Mm -hmm. angry at Ty. I'm not angry at myself. I'm not angry at, you know, I'm angry at miscarriage. Mm -hmm. I'm angry at um, babies having to be stillborn. I'm angry at infertility. Yeah. And it's, it's like a weird thing to try to explain to somebody. Like, I'm not mad at you. Mm -hmm. I'm not angry at you. I just really am angry at my circumstances, which makes me come across... Like trying to still figure it out. Disrespectful, yeah. Yeah. So it is. It is a tough thing to navigate, but also like, (laughs) if they're good friends, they'll understand where you're coming from. Exactly. You know. And our friends, they, oh, they're like our best friends, and they told. I remember she had told me she was going to take a pregnancy test, and I was like, okay. And for like a week, I didn't hear anything, and I knew it, and I think she was just scared. Yep. They don't and know how to approach no. the conversation. And so she kind of just like blurted out. I remember we were walking out of Pokies and it was somebody's birthday. I think it was like Cody's or something. And we were standing outside waiting for everybody. And she's like, so I have something to tell you and told me. And of course I was super excited. And then we got um, in the car and it was just me and Cody. And I just remember bawling mm-hmm. and I, and he just, you know, he didn't really know. I mean, I think he was sad too, but super excited. Mm-hmm. He could just see that I was just, and I told him, I was like, I'm not mad at them. I'm not, I'm just sad because I, there's nothing more in the world that I want than to see him as a dad. Yeah. Because I know he would be the best dad in the world. Yeah. Just watching him with like our friend's kids and my sister has stepkids and the way he is with them. And he's just so gentle and so such I just know he would be such a good dad and it just breaks my heart sometimes and 
I remember when I had told him what was going on. And at first, I think he just thought of it as like, cool, no babies. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't realize that it was like, could be never no babies. And so it was, um, I don't, it was hard for a little bit just because he didn't quite understand it. Yeah. And he didn't, I don't think that at the time he really wanted to in a way, like not rudely. I just don't think that he really yeah. didn't want to process that. Yeah. Didn't want to have to go through He that. just yeah. kind of thought I was being a crybaby. And, um, I think once he finally realized what, what it is and how serious it is, you know, it's, we've had a lot of deep talks about it. And before we got married, I remember telling him one night, you know, if you don't want to, I don't want you to wake up one day and want babies and look at me and realize I can't give them to you and be mad at me mm-hmm. or not want to be with me anymore. Cause that was just a thought in my head, yeah. you know? And he of course thought that I was crazy cause he's like, absolutely not. But it was just that where being told that you can't have babies it made me want one 10 times more right and we i kind of focused on that for months and it took a toll for a little while on me mentally i got really depressed for a while over it just because that's all i thought about and it really did take a toll and then just one day i had to come to terms that you know i can't just focus on it all the time i'm literally gonna drive myself crazy yeah and drive him crazy too yeah. because that's all I <laughs> talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um in Okay, so after we had um our baby Callie, mm-hmm. we were pretty sure that we were going to want to have another baby um with that same age gap mm-hmm. as Emery and Callie. Um and then um it took us quite a few months to finally get pregnant and then we mm-hmm. got pregnant with Millie and then we lost Millie and then we had we got pregnant again and then we had the miscarriage and it was like um I remember telling Dr. Biggs like I am like obsessing over mm-hmm. wanting to have another baby. Yeah. And I remember her saying to me and she's not she wasn't trying to come across rude and she wasn't trying to come across as like cold or hard or anything but I mean, basically, she was like, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, if that's the only thing that you can think about, that's a problem. Yeah. And it's like, you have to find a way to focus on something else because mm-hmm. otherwise, everything around you is dangerous. Social media is dangerous. Oh, Walmart is dangerous. Friends are dangerous. Family is dangerous. Like, you don't, you don't want to see a pregnancy announcement. You don't want to see the diaper section. You don't want to see, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, when it does become an obsession, it's like a very dangerous place to be. It was. And it was something I went, started counseling. My mom was like, you need to go talk to somebody because it was, I don't know. I just needed to get a lot off my chest. And it was, it was, it was dark for a little while. And It was one of those I just had to finally just tell myself, like, it'll happen when it's supposed to. And, you know, we were told that most likely we'd have to go see, like, somebody who specializes in it. And we haven't yet. We're kind of just living right now and Mm kind of going day by day. But it was, I just had to finally tell myself, like, knock it off. Mm -hmm. Like, it will happen when it's supposed to. You're going to make your husband hate you if you keep talking about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure mine understands where you're coming from. With I mean, that. I couldn't ever 
I couldn't imagine your guys' situation. It literally breaks my heart. And I think that's why I'm so scared to take it a step further. Because I, when I put my heart in something, I put it in there. Like I go balls to the walls. <laughs> and that's my worst fear is yeah. just getting there and... Then being let down. Yeah, exactly. And I I wear my heart on my sleeve. And this is something that I am terrified of going further with. I mean, I'm it's awful. I'm so scared for it. (laughs) That's why we haven't, because I'm just like I'm not not quite ready. I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Yeah. Which is I think a pretty uh like natural place to be. Mm -hmm. Especially when you know what you could be faced with. Mm Um it's uh I I we I think um there's an episode that's going to be coming out in the next day or so that uh, I talked about how I went to bed one night and I was just like obsessing over mm-hmm. wanting to have a baby and then I woke up like a few hours later and I was just like overcome with this overwhelming fear that I could not shake of getting pregnant again because I'm like I I don't want to have to go through that heartbreak again. Like I, yeah. I want this baby so incredibly bad, but I'm so afraid of the heartbreak that could be. Yeah. Um, and it took me, it took like, I, I woke up the next morning and it was almost kind of like, like a hangover kind of like I, I was like hung over from fear or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like lingering. Like your, the adrenaline kind of was going yes. away from just yes. being like so tensed up. Yes, and um, and now, like, since then, the days since then, I think about, like, the awful butterflies. They're not even butterflies. Like, they're pterodactyls. <laughs> the awful pterodactyls you feel when you go in for your first couple of ultrasounds. Oh, I'm, and I'm sure. And the fear you feel when, um, like, right before they start the ultrasound. Like, I'm so afraid of those feelings. Yeah. Um, and that's terrible because it shouldn't feel like that. And like, that's why that's I, what I go back heart. to the anger. Like I'm yeah. angry at infertility and I'm angry at miscarriage and I'm angry at all of these things because they make something that should be so happy and so fun and so special, so scary. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a natural place for you to be, um, where you're a little bit fearful to take the next step because it's reality. It is. You know? And just seeing, like, other people that I know go through it. And, I mean, I know a girl. I grew up, well, I didn't really grow up with her, but I've known her for a long time. And, I mean, they were doing treatments after treatments Mm. after treatments, IVF, IUI, all of it for seven years. Seven years. That's a lot of moolah. And, oh, (laughs) there was fundraisers for them. Yikes. And they finally got pregnant, and they just had her... Like a month ago, I think. Yay! And I remember when she announced it. And it's crazy because I don't want to sound crazy, but I had this, like, I don't know why, but I have this feeling when other women get pregnant. I I can feel it before them. Yeah, that intuition and thing. Yes, yeah. and like my hairdresser last year, she was doing my hair in Thanksgiving, and I was looking at her, and I was like you're pregnant aren't you and a month later she announced it <laughs> and then this girl we were talking one time because i had a dream that she was pregnant so i messaged her that next morning and i'm like this is gonna sound weird i don't want you to get sad 
but I had a dream that you're pregnant. And literally a month later, she announced that their last treatment worked. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? <laughs> I can feel can when I other people myself, are pregnant, please? but what the <laughs> why can't I? So it was super, I was so excited for them. And it's just, it's seven years for them. And I was like, yeah. that is just, but all of that seven years was pure, just shots and injections. Torture. And chemicals in her body. And that's what I don't want to do. Yeah. Like, I don't want to put all that in my body if I don't even know if it's even going to work yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I've told my mom because my mom is like, wants to be a grandma so bad. Yeah. And I've told her, I, I don't know if I'm ready to do that to myself. Because that takes a toll. And I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't know if I want to do that yet. It's a lot. And it's a lot of money. (laughs) And it's a lot of money. There is also that. Yeah. Okay, so you told me that you guys have been trying to get pregnant for five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 20. Yeah, in March, February, March, it'll be five years. Okay. Wow. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you guys considered adoption? Is that like a part of your... We haven't really... I've had a lot of people ask me and... As much, this is going to sound so terrible, but as much as I, I think adoption's amazing, I just don't think that I could do it because it wouldn't be mine. Mm -hmm. That's my thing is Mm -hmm. I, I just don't know if, if I could. Well, especially when you haven't even taken the next steps in your fertility Mm -hmm. journey to even know. Yeah. And who knows you could do one treatment and you could be pregnant and then. That doesn't have to be a part of the discussion yeah. anymore. But and yeah, we I mean I've thought about it a lot right now. I don't know. I mean it's adoption's amazing. Kudos people who do it. But I just don't know I don't know. Just I don't know if I could. Mm-hmm. I remember um feeling that way a little bit. Okay, so my family adopted a little boy from Africa. Um, like quite a few years ago. So we've done the international adoption. Mm. My family has. Um, And I remember after we had our first two miscarriages, well, it took us a really long time to get pregnant in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then we miscarried two times. And I remember my mom said to me, and she said to Dr. Big, she was like, maybe they should just consider adoption. Mm -hmm. And I remember having that same exact feeling of like, like, yes, it's incredible. Yes, I have... I have seen adoption change kids' lives so many times, but like I, I'm not ready to give up on myself yet. Yeah. And, and not that I don't want it to sound like it's like a last resort type thing. Yeah. But like, if you're, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And if you, if it never happens for you, like if adoption never happened for you, that's okay. Yeah. You know? Well, and I do remember there was one time I literally almost did think about it there was a girl in the clinic she was oh she was so young I think she was like 15 and the I remember the mom coming up to us and asking us if anybody would want the baby once it's born and that was after of course I found out everything and oh my gosh I went home and I was like babe we're getting a baby (laughs) (laughs) it's not coming out of me And I'll tell you when to be there. Um, I don't ever remember what happened there. I don't know if she ended up. I don't remember. But I do remember when she came up after that ultrasound. 
and asked if anybody would want to adopt a baby because her daughter was so young. And I was just like, me, <laughs> yeah. me, especially just with it being so fresh. Over. Yeah. yeah. And I do remember that. And I cried a lot over that because I was like, what if something like that is what would get me to ado- like just really thinking yeah. about it? Like, so I don't think about it because I'm like, if I right. do, I'll be, <laughs> probably pull the trigger I'll, on I'll it. freaking go adopt a kid <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like really hard thinking about it. Like, you know, it's, I love adoption. I think it's amazing. Me wanting to do it. I don't know. Maybe in the future, if things don't work out and it just, you know, we, we've been trying for so long, then maybe talk about it. But at that point, if it's not supposed to happen, then I'm just yeah. like, you know, it's not supposed to happen. I remember, I think it was after our um, our first miscarriage, my mom had sent me a, like a domestic adoption link um, where I could get in touch with an adoption agency in the U.S., yada, yada, yada. And uh, there was this picture of this little boy. <laughs> and I sent him to Ty. I was like, oh, like he was so cute. Yeah. And I can't I can't remember what his name was, but it was like kind of a name that like we were considering for mm-hmm. a baby at some point. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I feel like this is supposed to happen for us. Yeah. And then I sent him to Ty and Ty's like, Oh my gosh, yeah, he's so cute. And then it was just like it never got brought back up. Yeah. So then Well and I, I like I think of adoption, like I feel so bad going through like a website being like like, i want that one like these kids are for sale like a like a dog (laughs) like it makes me feel so terrible about it 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 is weird (laughs) and i think that's also something inside me that i just i don't know if i could just look at all of them and pick pick, like pick one like uh, i just think of like picking out like my dog and it breaks my heart because (laughs) it is tough because they just it is you know you want them all and Mm -hmm. that's my thing is i would i would want them all yeah and I just, I, I don't think I could just pick one. <laughs> it is tough. When we adopted my little brother, Danny, um, we were sent a picture from the adoption agency of him with two other little boys with him. <laughs> and we had to pick but at one out of the three. And I remember saying, like, well, first of all, when my mom showed all of us the pictures of all three little boys, we all picked a different one. Oh, really? So it was like... Oh, and that makes yeah, it even so worse. Then, yeah. But, I mean... Ultimately, my parents made the call on that. Yeah. Um, but I remember feeling a little bit strange about it. I'm like, this this does feel kind of weird. Yeah. And also, like, what if nobody picks the kid on the right? What exactly. If and that's what on- I think about. And then I if, have to carry that. You know, like, what if nobody picks him? Thankfully, all three boys are adopted and they're doing well. So I oh. don't have to worry about that. Good. But it but is it's tough. just that, that thought. And I just, it's, I don't, it's not for me. Yep. It's, I don't think it's for yep. me. And that's okay. It's not for no. everybody. I'll, it's no. not for everybody. No. <laughs> um, so you kind of mentioned Cody at first. He was just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. It is he, what it um, is. Where, where is he at now? He is, he is kind of, I think where I'm at. He gets sad. Um, he doesn't show it. He's not one to show emotion at all. That I man, have one of those too. That man shows no emotion. You don't know when he's sad, mad, mm-hmm. happy. I mean, he is just <laughs> one look. He is one look and that is it. And he, over the years, he's kind of gotten more asking questions and 
um, just kind of being more open to learning more about it. Um, you know, there was a couple times cause I get really bad, like ovarian cysts and stuff. And there's been times where I'm just, you know, in fetal position and there's been times I've told him I want, you know, if I have a 1% chance then maybe I should just get a hysterectomy and be done with it. And he automatically, no, that (laughs) no, don't do that. Like don't jump to something yet. And little things like that, like the little comments and it was funny a couple weekends ago we were at a wedding and he, normally I'm the one who is like, Oh my God, look at that baby. He, the other weekend was like, Oh, babe, look at that little girl. Isn't she so sweet? And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, you had to say that, didn't you? Get me pregnant right now. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) And um, that that made me, like, happy and sad at the same time because I can just see it in him. And I know that he wants to be a dad. And we've talked. I've gotten a lot more out of him than before. Um. And he's just, I think he's, he's in a spot where he, he hurts too, mm-hmm. but he doesn't show it. And he doesn't, he doesn't want me to see it. I don't think, yeah. I don't think he I does. think it's a, uh, again, going back to like a natural response. I think that's a natural response for, um, our men because uh, they see how terribly we hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Biggs has been known to get after this guy over here a little bit. (laughs) She often says, like, we need, as your wife, like, we need to see your emotion. We Mm -hmm. need to know where you're at with stuff. Because sometimes it can come across as like, okay, well, you don't care. And And that that really makes me mad. I would always tell him, like, you don't care about this. You don't care like I do. And he's like, yes, I do. And... That caused a lot. It wasn't fights. It was just more me, like, whatever then. Fine. Like, we're never going to have a baby. And you don't care. And he's like, but I do. I'm like, but you don't. (laughs) Prove it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just, yeah, he's, he's gotten better. We've had to just, he's never been one to show emotion, but he's never had somebody like me. To be like, it's okay to show it. Yeah, it's a It's safe okay. Place. Like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, you're my person. I'm your person. This is what we're here for. And I want to see your And emotion. I do. And um, he's, I mean, it's gotten way better than when we first got together. Because when we first got together, he didn't show any emotion. I never knew when he was sad, mad, nothing. And so, finally, we've got to where I'm like... You, you can like I'm not gonna judge you I'm not gonna hurt you I'm I'm here like I'm not going anywhere I promise so and also this is how we're gonna get through it exactly and it's it's gotten a lot better he's he's always been supportive but now it's more of where I I know what he's feeling I can see mm. it and he shows it more he expresses it more he communicates it more and that's helped out a lot too just because at first I didn't think he cared yeah <laughs> I really didn't and it was just the like couple weeks after I found out, I, my mom bought me a plane ticket for me and her to go visit my grandma because I was just like, he doesn't care. And I think we just needed that time for me to realize he does care. He just expresses it differently. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, he's gotten a lot better about it. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I guess like 
if you really think about it, like you can see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't want to burden you or add any extra weight or add any extra grief or whatever. But like sometimes it is like the most comforting thing. Like when when I'm grieving, it's comforting to see like he's grieving too. Oh yeah. And I'm not doing this by myself. Exactly. And we both care about this. And, we're and in it this brings together. you together. Yes. It that like bonding together of this can sound terrible but hurting together bonds you together and seeing that other person like they do care and it's hurting them too yeah and once I could see it in him and once he expressed it and once we talked more about it it was um it was it got a lot better it it did and it helped me a lot too Mm -hmm. because I knew I could go to him because he did care yeah um you you kind of briefly touched on um, like going to the fertility clinic. Um, and I think you mentioned that it was in Billings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said like, you don't know if you're quite ready to like take that next step, but like, what would it take? Oh, I don't really, I think I just need to jump and just go. Yeah. And it's not even the fact of like, I have to real put it in my head that like, the first time going, I'm not automatically going to be starting on all this stuff. It's going to be, you know, testing and, you know, figuring out what's actually really like going on and what they think we could possibly do. Um, I never even knew about her, about that clinic until I worked at the OBGYN here in town and we referred people there and the miracles that doctor did, I mean, that we would hear about. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, I don't know. I mean, I've been talking more about it the past couple months of just needing to go and get, you know, the testing done and kind of just figure out get what, your feet wet a little what bit. we need to do. Yeah. And, and you know, Cody's had it in his head, too, that, hell, maybe it might be him, too. Maybe he might yeah. have some issues. And um, so it's more of just kind of we just need to jump and go. And we've been talking more about it the past like mo- couple months or so and my mom's really been pushing it too because she's like Classic you're gonna moms. you're gonna become sterile and you're not gonna have <laughs> kids at all if you don't go and get this figured out now <laughs> i'm like okay but it's um it's more of a topic lately just because and i've had to tell cody it's i just need to go we need to go and just figure out you know if there would even be a chance at all if what she would recommend like an infertility doctor herself telling us what she thinks we should do and I think it's it's been a heavy lately of wanting to but then that fear comes back where I'm yeah. like do I want to go and hear what she thinks we could do if there is anything we and then I start overthinking it and I'm an overthinker so I'm like yeah. okay well what if she says there's nothing we can do then I have to drive three hours home <laughs> yeah but then at the same time like i need to just do it like i need to just go i need to get it figured out Mm -hmm. i need to just i need to for myself really Mm -hmm. to know what we need to do and if there is anything that we can do yeah so we hopefully yeah it's i've been looking her up on google and i'm like oh i just need to call i'll call tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) i'll start that diet on monday (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Let me have fun this weekend and then Yeah. yeah. Then me, I'll get serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned um a surgery for the endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Would if you got that surgery, would it up your chances of getting pregnant? No, it's more of so I've asked the doctor about it and really no, but it would, it's t- basically just to, I don't even really honestly, to be truly honest with you, what it would do if it would help or not. Um, You know, they say that it does to some people, but it wouldn't really with me, but it would be something that would have to be really talked about and looked at if we were to get pregnant because those issues could cause issues with pregnancy yeah and then it'd be high risk and it's just it's something that they can do before and there is a possibility of it helping but in my case like slim yeah slim slim so like i said that's something that that infertility doctor could help too yeah and recommend on yes or no or it might we just would have to try Mm -hmm. so I haven't really even, it's been a while since I've talked to the doctor about that. Um, just because we don't know. Yeah. That's the worst part is I don't want to go into a surgery if we're not going to know. Yeah. I don't want to do any of that if we don't know if it's going to do anything at all. Right. Why waste the time right. when we can just do other things? <laughs> um, so on my notes here, I wrote... Uh, like what kind of pain is associated with um, the PCOS and the endometriosis. I know that like cysts, I know Mm -hmm. that that is not the greatest pain, but um, (laughs) like, do you just have to tolerate the pain or is there stuff that they can do to help you or? Basically, to be honest with you, I cramp probably almost every day. I literally have cramping all the time. It's I've it's gotten to a pain of like I'm used to it. So when it gets worse, that's when I'm on like fetal position bawling because I don't know what to do. Um so just a lot of like no not really a lot of ibuprofen and stuff, but just more of heat pads are like my best friend. Um but it's just that it's cramping, it's headaches, all the time headaches and back pain and but mostly cramping. I have always cramped really bad my whole life, but the past couple of years it's gotten worse and it's literally like an all the time thing. Mm. And when I tell people I'm used to it, they're like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm used to it." Like how I know when I'm getting assist is when the cramps are like terrible. But most of the time it's something that I literally live with almost every day. Which is crazy to me to think about because it's not normal. But that's like my new normal. Like it has been for a long time. And it's, yeah, it's it sucks really bad. But it's something that I don't, I've just learned to live with it kind of. Just like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I'm a sissy lala. That wouldn't fly with me. <laughs> I am too. It, some days it's worse than others. Some days it's it's like just I lay in bed with all the heat that I can get. And it still doesn't get better. But it's gotten to the point where I've, I've learned to 
to function with it. And some days I can't. Like some mm-hmm. it's some days it gets pretty bad, but it's kind of just a daily thing now almost. It's it's crazy to think about. Yikes. Um so I'm just wondering, are you like a little bit kind of like holding out hope that maybe it will happen naturally? Like cuz 1% means there is a chance. Yeah. It's a small chance, but there is a chance. Yeah, I think that's why I haven't really pushed on going to see somebody because I'm hoping that maybe, maybe sweet baby Jesus above <laughs> <laughs> is like, okay, here's your time. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I thought about, I was thinking this on the way over, like, okay, two years ago, we weren't, we weren't ready. We were just moving into our first house. We were, we got our first dog together. Like we were, we were figuring life out. So I'm like, okay, I can see then. Like we weren't ready. And then a year ago we got married and we had all the wedding stuff and we read it. We bought another house and we sold our other one, bought a new one. We redid the whole entire inside of it. After the wedding, we got a new puppy and I'm like, okay, well, maybe that was that, you know, that just wasn't our time. We were, we were getting settled in. We were figuring it out. We were just married. You know, we were living in that honeymoon stage. And I mean, really, we still are. But it. so I thought about it then. I'm like, okay, well, we were li- we were just so busy. We were so caught up in other things. So I'm like, okay, maybe God was like, well, look, that wasn't your time. You guys were doing other things like you were too stressed to f- try to figure out a baby in between everything. Now I'm like, I don't so know. now what's the excuse? What's the excuse <laughs> now? <laughs> and you know, there's, there has been times where I've like woken up and I'm like, Oh, all right, I'm going to go take a pregnancy test. And then it's negative. And I think I've done and that. And then you feel like you got punched in the face. Yes. And there has been a couple where I was like, like, Cause I was getting regular periods at the time for like probably almost seven months, every single month on the day of the month. And I was like, okay, cause that's what the doctor said. Let's regulate those. And once it becomes at least like four months of regular, then really start trying. So we did. And I do remember there was this one night that we were laying there and I was like, I just don't, f- I just didn't feel good. And I'm like, and I looked over at Cody and I was like, maybe I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? Like his <laughs> eyes got all big. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like maybe I'm just overthinking it. And so I left, left it for a couple days. And then I was like, I'm going to go get a pregnancy test. So I did. And that one, I, it was in this new house. And I was, I had both the dogs staring at me because they <laughs> follow me everywhere. And I'm like, okay, we're going to find out here. I was by myself and I for sure thought it was it. I was not feeling good at all. I was just so nauseous and sick. I couldn't even brush my teeth for like four days without getting sick. And I was like, this is it. Like, please. And it wasn't. And I remember being so upset. Mm. So upset. And I told Cody about it. That it wasn't it. And he was sad too for yeah. that one. I could tell. He was just like, it'll happen it'll like that's all it'll happen and he's just super just comforting with it but i was so mad so i'm like i swear that was it (laughs) like i wanted it to be it and i mean it wasn't of course but it's just 
the pre- the false pregnancy this the negatives is mm. the worst when you want it so yeah. bad and i don't know i told my mom about that one because i was like you know i'm gonna take pregnancy tests in a couple days like i'm just i'm just letting it go past the two weeks of being late so i was like okay we're just gonna wait and that was in january of this year no february because my last period was in january and i was like okay this is it i thought it was it and it wasn't and then after that everything started to get irregular again and here we are (laughs) So it's not only like dealing with the grief of not being able to have a baby and start a family, but it's also like like the ebbs and flows of being regular and then being irregular mm-hmm. and you don't know if you're coming, you don't know if you're going, you don't mm-hmm. know, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that that is that's probably a like a tough place for your mind. It is. It plays tricks. Yeah. Because I would go, like I said, seven months of having a regular period. And I'm like, okay, like this is it. Because after we found out everything, I got put on medication to regulate everything. And that was the worst because it made me super sick too. And then everything started to get regular. So I was like, perfect. And I worked at the OBGYN then. So I'd go back to the doctor and I'm like, it's regular. Like I've been regular for like six months now. And it, everybody would get super excited. And it's like, okay, this is it. And then it wouldn't be. And then it just one day, yeah, I was late. And then I never got it again. And that's the worst part is because it's so up and down. So up and down. And the medication is terrible it just is so makes you so sick and it's those where you can eat certain things and certain things do make you sick certain things don't and you know then in your head when you get sick you're like oh is this it like am yeah I is sick this the food I'm is this pregnancy is it, yeah is this, yeah and so I stopped all medication altogether okay because I couldn't handle that I couldn't do it anymore I was just like this. I am so sick of not being able to eat. And I'm also so sick of it not helping at all. Yeah. And so I've stopped. I haven't been on any medication for it for over a year now. And I'm like, okay. And in my head, I thought, well, I'll just stop everything. I'll let everything just get out of my system. And then maybe it'll happen later after that. So there's just, I think I do have this hope that we can do it naturally Mm -hmm. and I'm praying I mean my mom prays probably like four times a day and (laughs) that poor one I we have my sister has stepkids and they're super little and watching my mom with them Mm. it literally breaks my heart because I want her to be a grandma so bad and I want to make her a grandma so bad because she literally prays about it like I said like five times a day and it's just my sister also has issues with it and um she's had two miscarriages but uh-huh sick yeah two <laughs> and it's crazy because when me and cody first found out about everything she sat us down and said that sh- you know i will carry for you guys and oh that was before boy. that was before we knew that she could barely carry and so her telling us that like, like I bawled my mom cried and then when my sister got pregnant the first time 
that felt like I got punched in the face (laughs) because we were, she had called, we were, it was actually the weekend that we went wedding dress shopping for me and she was, because they live in Rock Springs, which is like five hours south from here and we went wedding dress shopping in Rapid and she knew, but none of us did and I knew something was up because she wouldn't have any drinks at dinner and I'm like, why are you being so weird? Like, what is wrong with you? And then she left and it was that Sunday and she left and she called and she's like, put me on speaker. I said, okay. And she said, I'm pregnant. And my mom was sitting there. My dad was sitting there. I was sitting there. My grandma was sitting there. And I like the, my stomach went out my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? And you know, like you, I just, I wasn't mad at her. I was just like, what? (laughs) Oh my God. And she was about, I think she was eight or nine weeks when she miscarried. And, um, I remember being there like a week after everything happened. And, um, when we found out that she had miscarried, it was a terrible experience for her because the doctor, they should have done a DNC and they didn't. And when I tell you all she did was bleed, all she did. We've been there. It should <laughs> have it worst. should have happened. <laughs> I mean, I remember calling calling Dr. Biggs and being like, What does she, what does she do? It was winter time, so she couldn't come up here because I was like, Get up here and let me take you into Biggs. Like, she will take you in right now. But it was winter time. She couldn't get here. And um so we went down there like about a week after and I remember I was in the shower and she was in the bathroom too and we were sitting there talking and she was like, Alex, look. And I looked out and she's like, look at what this looks like. And I just, and I was like, oh my God, but I didn't show it. But as soon as I poked my head back in the shower, I sat there and bawled because I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was just like, I don't want, I don't want to go through. I couldn't imagine. I'm watching my sister literally look like she's bleeding out to death. And no doctor gave a crap about what was going on. And it was terrible. And I had never felt more helpless in my life for her because I think she, my sister's such a person who if she's hurting, she makes jokes. And she was joking and she was trying to laugh about it. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is not fair at all. And then, um, then later on, she, a couple, like it was probably six months later, I got her in with Dr. Biggs and she drove up here to see her and they, you know, did all the tests and, you know, Dr. Biggs was really hopeful for her. And I think that she still is. And then she got pregnant the second time. And that was, that wasn't that long ago. That was probably four or five months ago, maybe six. And that one didn't last, that one lasted like four weeks, if that. But she told us all because she was so excited that it would happen again. And Cody was excited for her. I mean, she FaceTimed us and we got, I got super excited again. And so did my mom. And so going through that with my sister I think that made me more scared (laughs) to be honest like it did 
Yeah. Especially watching her and being there with all of that. I just, I, it terrified me. Absolutely terrified me. And then watching my mom go through it too. The the mom thing seems to be a common theme around this podcast. It She is my, my mom is my world. And just the thought of her being a grandma is, I mean, she technically is. Yeah. But they're not hers. Yeah. So it's, she treats them like, I mean, you wouldn't guess that they're not hers though at all. I mean, those kids are her light. Like our first Christmas together with them. I mean, she was so, it was the cutest thing in the entire world. And then now with them, they're getting older and it's, it's so sweet. And then I just think of her being grandma to like her own. And that's, I mean, I just want to literally give her a grandbaby and my husband a baby. That's all I <laughs> that's want. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> Shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it, it breaks my heart for her and she cries when we talk about it. Mm. And it's, well, it, it is a, it's a pretty, um, like vulnerable place to be, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, and second of all, it's, I mean, it, it seems like, like, it seems like sometimes like our moms or, you know, our people who are closest to us want it more than we want it, mm-hmm. you know, like they're cheering for us harder than we're cheering for ourselves. Yeah. And so it, it it always does feel like you're letting them down. It always does mm-hmm. feel like you've like you've failed at in in some aspects, um, which we know is not the case. But it's hard to it's hard to convince yourself otherwise. It is. I mean, every time we've lost a baby, I'm like, my gosh, like I'm a woman. That's what I was created to do, and I can't even do this. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even carry a baby for yeah. longer than like six weeks. Yeah. Like. It's a tough place to be. And I mean, every, everybody's everybody's heart is different. And and um, I think we all process and handle our heart differently. Um, but sitting here, like I can't imagine being in your shoes knowing like <laughs> there's no chance. Yeah. I mean, it's... a 1% chance, but like that's tough. It is, and I, like, I try not to really overthink it because I'm like, okay, there's, there's one percent. I mean, there could be people who have zero percent, and then I'm like, well, I don't know. It's just I do overthink it, and that's what I'm worst at is overthinking about it. And I think of other people before myself. I think of wanting to make you know Cody's parents, grandparents, and. I think of how his brothers would be with a little baby. And I think of how he... (laughs) (laughs) Alex is holding the wiener dog, Slinky, living her best life over there. Oh, the best. (laughs) Um, And I just think of everybody else. I think of how excited my mom it would be to tell her. And then I think, oh, my God, like, it would be the best to, like, find out I'm pregnant around Christmas and tell my mom and dad around Christmas. And, like, that's what I think about. And then it just... It, it, it'll, it breaks me for a couple of days. Cause then I'm like, no, cause it's not going to happen. And then I get mad. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I need a drink because this is <laughs> dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned a little bit ago, um, that they put you on some medication. Mm-hmm. So I guess I wasn't really aware that that was an option. 
Um, and I mean, I'm not, I don't have the things that you have. So forgive me for not being (laughs) up to date on those things, but I didn't know that that was an option. Um, is that something that like, like, obviously it makes you, you more regular in hopes of you being able to track your cycle and to conceive naturally. So it's the medication, it's called metformin. Okay. And it's made, it's crazy because it's made for diabetics. It's a diabetic medication, but they use it for PCOS. And honestly, I hate it. I think they give it out like candy just Mm. to give it out to... And it's nothing against, like, the doctors who do it, but I think there's just this thing in the back of the, if people's minds that metformin will help and just get through being sick for six months every single day and it might help. And yeah, I mean, it, it did a little bit. I lost a lot of weight because I wasn't eating because I could not eat at all. And, um, I... You know, I I try to be mindful of it because my sister's on it and, you know, they're trying to do everything. But my sister's also on a bunch of other stuff, too, that her doctor's having her on. But I just hated it. I didn't feel like it did anything for me. It, yeah, I lost weight, but that wasn't the only thing that I wanted. And I don't know. Yeah, that that wasn't the goal. No. (laughs) And, you know, it helped to lose weight, of course, but I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, it's, it's just a weird, weird thing. Cause it comes in, you know, you take one every like three days and then you take two every day mm. and then four every day and then five every day and six every day. And then it becomes a thing where once you can tolerate like four or five a day, Then you just keep doing that in hopes that it might regulate it. It might. So it's kind of like the infertility treatments. You just don't know. Yeah. You just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And I just didn't want to do that. I didn't. Yeah. It's not something I wanted to do to myself. And I just got sick of being sick all the time. (laughs) Well, understandable. Yeah. It's not fun to not feel well. No. Um, So before we wrap this up. What is your encouragement to women who are going through PCOS, endometriosis, and or both? Oh, man. I've been thinking about this the whole time. You know, I would say just don't don't be so hard on yourself. Because me, I was so hard on myself. I literally lived lived for it. Don't do that. Mm. Don't. Don't get to a point where literally that's all you can think about. That's all you can talk about. That's all you could breathe about. Don't. You know, if you are new to it and you get told that you have it, don't go to Google. Don't be looking it up like crazy. Live how you're living and let it let it just figure itself out, I think, is what I would say. Let it let yourself get to a point where you can think of a baby and not get like mm. shaky yeah. of wanting it so bad because of, of being told you have PCOS because PCOS is different with everybody. PCOS is different in every woman. And, you know, 
I would just just don't literally do not let it destroy you don't obsess over it don't get to a point where where that's all you can think about and trust me it is a lot harder it's a lot harder said than done but you have to you have to be positive about it you have to tell yourself you are a badass woman and you got it preach (laughs) you you have it you're there you've gone through it this this far do not let it stop you do not let it consume you don't think that this is it because it's not it's it's not it It, it's not it for you this is just the beginning for you to show of how amazing you are and even for women you know who's dealt with miscarriages like you do not let it bring you to a place where you don't think you're good enough and that is not going to happen because it will it really will. You're already a mom to two. You need to be a mom to like 10. You got it. It's going to happen. Like it will. Like <laughs> Well, we're doing our best. <laughs> I always tell people we're practicing. Yes. We're practicing. Yes, that's what Ty says Practice makes time. perfect. Yeah, Ty says that too. <laughs> Whatever, you guys. <laughs> It'll happen. And just don't, don't let it, don't let it bring you down. This mm-hmm. is where you're going to shine. This yeah. is where you're going to learn about yourself. And it's true. It's going to push you and it's going to test you, but you can't let it bring you down. This is where you shine. Mm-hmm. I think, um, <clears throat> okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat and lie and be like, oh, I'm so encouraged for people who have PCOS, blah, 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 because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, what an awful, horrible, disgusting place to have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't fathom. Um, being in your shoes and the other however five million women in the u.s that have pcos i can't imagine um being it's uncomfortable because it's it's always getting asked oh when are the babies coming and it's like my at first it was like oh i can't and then you'd have to tell them why and then it'd be super uncomfortable so now i'm like oh one day mm-hmm. because it's so like, I hate that question so much. <laughs> and I know people, it's like a normal thing to ask, but I hate it. Like, I hate when somebody asks me that. I hate when I meet new people of like, you know, Cody introduced me to people and like, oh, one of the babies. Are you guys going to have baby? I hate that question. And I don't get mad at people. I'm like, that's just a normal thing to ask. But I literally. It shouldn't be, though. I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate answering that question. Like, I really do like it. I hear it come out of their mouth and I know it's come now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, I hate this question so bad. And then I also hate when they say, well, my friend hasn't. She's had 10,000 kids. Like, I I just. Well, good for those 10,000 kids. Yeah, I have that's one. like my worst pet peeve is, is that. Oh God, I hate it. But like I said, just don't, you know, if you have it, don't let it, don't let it bring you down. You know, be an advocate for it. Talk about it. Yeah. Because it's not, I don't think it's talked about enough. I really don't. I agree. I don't think it is. And I mean, it's, it does need to be brought up more and it, it, the back end of it needs to be brought up more of why so many people are now getting it. Like, what the heck? Yeah. (laughs) What is going on? And I was doing a little bit of, I mean, super fast crash course um, research, but I, I think their best guess is genetic. Um, See, but I, like I don't know if they actually My know. mom is like fertile myrtle. My dad looked at her and she was pregnant. 
and that's what she said she's like how like my mom could get pregnant just by staring at the guy yeah the guy just in nobody in my family has dealt with that my aunt has oh my god how many kids does she have four like my uncle has two like there's you know my cousins have my cousins started out when they were 16 like there's just there's nowhere on my mom's dad or my my mom's side or my dad's side that has had these issues issues, yeah and that's the scary part is you know what is going on yeah it's terrible and yeah i don't know it's it's a weird thing it's it's a terrible terrible thing Mm mm-hmm yeah, I can't imagine that. That would be a really tough place to have to live. And like you've mentioned a couple times, like not knowing if all the things that you can do and all the money that you will spend will even work. Exactly. Um, so. But we'll get there. Yes. We'll have that baby one day. Yes. I know we will. One day. I know one we day. will. Yes. But it's sometimes tough to uh, just get your brain to like process it yes and grasp on to that reality mm-hmm. um alex thank you for sharing your story with us yes thank you guys and for um having me I, I love you guys and i love your story and oh, it, thank it, you. i just it breaks my heart but at the same time i'm so hopeful for you guys well thanks <laughs> i am we I'm need like, someone to be hopeful or <laughs> not yeah i mean i like i said i can't imagine and i think that's my worst fear is is going through what you guys have gone through because I don't think I could do it. I don't. Well, let me encourage you with this. <laughs> when when I uh, think back and when I, you know, look back at pictures and I remember, um, like, the day we had Emery and I remember the day we had Callie and even now, like, just this evening before we put them to bed, they were just rolling all over the floor mm-hmm. and laughing and giggling and just carrying on and... Um, it's worth it. All the heartbreak, all the hard that we've had to go through, um, all the tears we've shed, it's worth it because you, in, in the end, for us, it, it has ended in us being able to, to hold and to cuddle our babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's worth the heartbreak. And so it's a hard place to get past. The yeah. fear is a hard place to get past. And I'm, suddenly back in this fearful place but um once you can get yourself past that that fearful place and you can imagine what it will be like the day you get to have your baby Mm -hmm. all these conversations that you had about fear and all these these things that your brain was telling you about yourself and making you believe that you're you know not worth anything you'll be like where did that even come from yeah like I this baby is worth it. Yeah. Um, so if you can get past the fear part, it's worth it. I promise. Yeah. But it's a very real place to be. And it I, and is. I don't think it's a place that you should just disregard either. No, it's a place you have to work through for sure. It is. It's a work in progress day yeah. by day. Yeah. We'll get through it. We'll all get through it. That's right. We'll Someday all we're all going to have our babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you for sharing your story. And I always, I never ask before we start the podcast and I don't, I'm not going to ask now. I'm just going to tell these people if they want to reach out to you, they can reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to know that you have people um, that know and understand what you're going through. Yeah. So if <clears throat> anybody is listening and they need 
a little TLC because they're dealing with infertility, hit up my friend Alex. <laughs> uh, she's a sweet girl, and she would be glad to help you. Yes, always. So please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, social media, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And we will catch you later. <laughs>